Hey, I'm Matt with Volder Woodworking and your host of the Maker Lounge podcast. This is a third of three episodes with Trey, Rod, and Pete. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us in the lounge. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed the first couple of episodes. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes, I'd suggest that you go check those out so you can get to know these guys a little bit more. Uh, this will be a shorter episode than the previous two as we wrap up our discussion. Um, in this show, we get to know a little bit more about the origins of the businesses, and um, we'll be talking about uh, how each of us balance our priorities. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I was initially going to break this up into two parts, but I decided to make it into three parts because what we're really going to be talking about, I, I feel, just is is so important. Um, before we get into the conversation, I want to set the stage a little bit on why I decided to bring up this topic. If you follow uh, any number of people on Instagram or social media in general, you've probably come across a post or two uh, from creators in your niche that have either decided to stop posting or take a break um, after what seemed to be a major grind in their content. The Social media platforms really push content creators to make content that will keep people on their platform. And uh, creators are usually incentivized to make engaging content, whether through bonuses like the Reels bonus or YouTube monetization. In fact, Instagram Reels uh, front loads their bonuses. So the first couple of Reels that you post in the bonus cycle are actually worth more per view than they are at the end of the bonus cycle. So this drives the creator to continually try to keep up with the performance of their first couple of reels in that bonus cycle. And if you're not prepared for something like this, then it can quickly lead to burnout. And many of us are working full-time jobs um, with aspirations to turn our hobby into a full-time thing, or maybe some don't even plan to go full-time, but they still get trapped in and roped into this vicious cycle um, on social media. So, or even just even in their businesses, um, brand sponsorships, like we talked about in the last episode, they're great. But if you sign up and bite off more than you can chew, then maybe it's time to put down the fork and, um, and step back for a minute and hit reset. Um, that's what I had to do in, 2017, I was burning the candle at both ends and I had to stop the business altogether. And back then I wouldn't have even considered myself a content creator. I was just really doing the business. I had maybe 400 Instagram followers at the time, um, it, but I was still putting in more effort into my commission work um, and my side hustle than I was into my own family. So that's why I wanted to ask these guys how they balance their jobs, uh, their family in content creation. I know you didn't come here to listen to me ramble and you're really here for Trey, Rod and Pete. Uh, but so let's pick up where we left the conversation last time and um, ask them a little bit more about each of their businesses and how they balance their priorities. Um, but speaking of, yeah, just, you know, launching full time, all that kind of stuff, we're all content creators. I want to know, um, just kind of jumping into this, this next segment about balancing priorities and how each of you balance your, your full time, you know, stuff, your, your home life balance and your content creation. Do you have like a rhythm? Do you find yourself waking up and saying like, what do I have to post today? 
what is like your 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 driver um, kind of thing. Um, so, Rod, let me start with you. What's your t- tell everybody kind of what your um, what you do and you know and how you balance all that. Well, um, my background is in IT and computer development or software development, and I still have a company actually down in, in Florida, in, in Boca Raton. Uh, we moved up here in 2005, and I've run it remotely since since then. So um, luckily, it's gotten to the point where you know we've got you know designers and developers and uh, other people on the team doing most of the uh, the front end work now, which I used to do. I used to do a lot of the the software development stuff like that. So now I'm just a, basically a manager, one of the one of the partners, and I started th- getting into this, um, like I said, just before the pandemic started, and it was just a way to transition into something that was um, tangible because all my career it's been basically virtual stuff, you know, nothing yeah. physical, you know, uh, com- like computers and IT are just you know vir- basically virtual. So I wanted to do something that I could actually make stuff, make stuff with. And that's what got me into this. The pandemic kind of kickstarted it. And uh, that, yeah, that, that, that really changed things up. And I started doing a lot less with the, you know, with, with, my, with my company and doing a lot more of this. It's not quite full time, yeah. but it's turned into, it seems like full time, um, just because we've landed a particular client that... Uh, and it's a unique relationship. It's a partnership where we get to, they ask us, okay, we want to, you know, and they're, they're a pretty strong brand, but they, they, they ask us to design products, you know, for them, uh, custom products. So you may have seen some of them on the old posts, uh, backgammon, chessboards. Uh, and, and, and it's funny because we, we got into games, which some, is something I never expected. So right. now we're known Literally. as the game makers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So literally, yeah. yeah. So we have like backgammon games, tic tac toe, connect four, all all of those things um, that that we do and that we never expected to do. So just just back to the question, you know, how do you balance balance that out? It's you know, what I try not to do is I'm the kind of person that wants to do everything. You know, I just yeah. want to, you know, if if someone offers, you know, wants ask for something, it's hard for me to say no. And that, that's right. a tough thing to do in business. You have to know, you know, what to, how to balance your time. And so we kind of limit ourselves to this, you know, this particular client and we do local, you know, local work and we kind of defined our, our market to be that. And that's, that's kind of where, where we sit. You know, we, there's, it's basically just me and my wife yeah, uh, doing this. And it's, uh, it's basically a day to day thing. So uh, is she out there pra- doing stuff in the shop? With you, is she? Is she? You know, yeah, sanding yeah. And it's, it's funny and... how it started. Well, it's funny because that's 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 what she does. She's the finisher. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What happened was, you know, I started doing this. I started acquiring all the tools, and we have a story about, you know, the whole, you know, our our, our shop is used to be her go- her goat barn. She used to raise goats, you know, breed goats oh. and, and and milk goats and do all of that stuff. And when she didn't want to do that anymore, I slowly infiltrated and started bringing in tools and I took over the shop. I was supposed to start off with like a fraction of the shop and I ended up taking up the whole shop. What, that's what shop, that's what we do in the maker community. We take over shops. <laughs> and what's not to love about milk, yeah, yeah, you know, no, it, milk herding? 
she would ra- and she would raise the, the 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 baby goats and you know we've had a few, quite a few that were actually born in the stalls here so Wow. And and the barn is something that was a family project. So it was another, you know, another maker project. We've always been kind of a DIY family. So my between my wife, my wife, my son and I, uh, we built the barn and, you know, it, it kind of stemmed from that. Just that whole DIY mentality. What's so how old is your son right now? He's 24. Okay. He's so. tw- yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty old. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's your wife's name? But. You Dawn. might say. Don. We're going to have Don on, on next week. Don, uh, you know, yeah. we're going to talk about finishing. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but that, that, that's the thing. She, she, she started doing, she started working with my offcuts to, oh, to okay. um, like make her, she does a lot of epoxy um, charcuterie boards and things like that. And she started uh, working with those. And, you know, we have a little shop here in town that uh, we sell our stuff in. And so she started doing that and do, doing all of the sanding. She's responsible for all of any, any finish work. Which I'm glad to hand over, you know, as far as right. the sanding and, and and painting and all and all of that. So you've got the perfect arrangement. You've got somebody to do the sanding and the finishing. I mean, that's that's something that we all want. <laughs> that is the perfect scenario. Yeah. 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 She, her attention to detail is uh yeah, is definitely much better than mine, and and, and the patience for that. So Rod, you had an account and you had a bunch of followers. We were talking about follower accounts and why they don't matter. Yeah. How many how many followers did you have before that happened? Well, we were on the verge of hitting two thousand because um, we had started. We didn't really, you know, know what we were getting into with uh, the whole Instagram thing because we started the company back in two thousand and uh, we just started post. I, I just started posting stuff on online. and you know people started you know liking it and it just grew from there. So. Uh, I had actually made it a point to post one post a day, and by last, I think it was November, we were almost two thousand. So in, in a couple of years, so it was it was respectable. But then uh, one morning, I I couldn't get it into my account, and I had gotten locked out, and the email was changed. And if you've ever tried to recover your account from Instagram, it's it's next to impossible. It's all bots. Oh, so, so awful. Yeah, so Casey yeah. Reeves just had his account um, taken down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just got it back. Uh, there's another, uh, actually quite a few different uh, people who have had their accounts taken down uh, recently. Uh, and brands even. Um, mm-hmm. Starbond. Starbond got their account um, hacked, so they had to create a separate account. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy how people can just like, what do you know if yours is a link? Or you don't have to share, but I just... That seems to be how they're getting in is, is like sending a link and then you click on a link or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's what happened, because when I tried to log in, I noticed that the email it, it was sending, you know, the password recovery was going to a different G it was some Gmail account and it was some weird account. And they make you go through these hoops where you take a picture with, you know, basically like a line up, you hold a number in front of you. To oh wow! Confirm that it's, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, so if you've ever <laughs> as done if they it, could justify it's a, it's that, right? <laughs> Yeah, wow. yeah. So it's like you're in a lineup. You hold the number, and you say, "Okay." They give you a number. You, you you write it. You have to handwrite it. You you know you take a picture in front of the camera, and then you say, "This is my account. Please, you know, restore it." And I think I, I don't know how many times I did that. Oh but, wow! Uh, at least uh, 40, 50 times, and no luck. So crazy. I decided to just start a new one. Yeah. So how long did that process take before you actually gave up? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> let's see. It was back in November. Is when uh, when it happened, and then I just kind of said, "Well, I'm going to take advantage of this and just you know try to try to get busy and see what would happen without the social media." 
And then it just drew me back in. You know, just, you know, being on social media, obviously, you know, you, you want to participate. So uh, I started posting again maybe a month ago or so. You started getting like FOMO. That. You started getting fear, <laughs> exactly. fear of missing exactly. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Pete, what about you? How do you, uh, how are you balancing kind of what you're doing? You know, you have a full-time job and. It's complete chaos and I have absolutely no plan whatsoever. <laughs> I wake up uh, yeah. early and get on social media and just start replying, responding to comments and then take my daughter to school, uh, get on, start working at my full-time job. In uh, I work from home most of the time and then at lunchtime, maybe I'll get some time out in the garage, stop working probably like 5.30, start working on projects, doing more social media stuff and like I don't even know what I'm going to be working on tomorrow. I'll just go out yeah. there and just putter So you find yourself doing time. a lot of stuff during the weekdays, on, like in the evenings? In the evenings, yeah. And then uh, and then a lot on the weekends. But it's tough. It's tough to balance uh, work and family and, and doing this stuff. So I uh, recycle a lot of content sometimes and repost old stuff when there's a day that I can't get out into the shop just to keep things going. How old are your but, kids? Uh, my daughter is 13. She's she's a really cool kid. Um, great. Cool. But, but you know, she's older, so she can manage herself, which is great. Uh, Do you let her play with the Legos? spend a lot of time with her. And, uh, yeah, she's kind of growing out of them, though. <laughs> That's a, <it's> just me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How many Legos would you say you have? How many pieces? I don't even want to answer that question. <laughs> Hard pass. We've spent way too much money, <laughs> way too much money on Lego. Um, yeah, but I think you know, doing this stuff out in the garage and doing woodworking and CNC work—that's that's kind of the new focus. We don't like we have a lot of Lego, but we don't mess around with it a whole lot anymore. It's it's mostly like making stuff, which is cool. Yeah, but. yeah. So, like for content, uh, do you do you think about it? Like as you're going to bed, what you're going to post tomorrow, or you just kind of like see what you got up Sometimes, you know, tomorrow. Is there a certain yeah. time where you post things? I usually try to post uh, something in the morning when I wake up, which I usually wake up around five or six. Um, but but we're on uh, West Coast time, so that's usually a good time okay. to catch the East Coast crowd. And then I I post yeah. On four different platforms, all simultaneously. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And it's usually the wow. same video with some different audio. And it's just mostly like yeah. copy and paste. But um, right. but no, like there's just really no plan. Like whatever I was able to capture when I was working the night before. Yeah, it would be nice to be able to to actually get some time to do a like a real YouTube video once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. That's just another thing we haven't really that. talked about is YouTube. Um, so Rod, I know you put some stuff up on YouTube, uh, you know, at least that content didn't go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, but it's, it's from my habit of documenting everything and yeah. just, I have, I have a lot of footage, but never the time to put it together. So I just kind of throw stuff out there. So there's no structure. So do you film in, uh, I say film cause I'm thinking more, uh, horizontal, do you film like horizontal, like 4K, and then splice it up for your content for Instagram, TikTok, etc.? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, it depends. I have, yeah, it's usually a Go, just an iPhone mostly or a GoPro. That's it. Okay. Pete, same. So CapCut works really well on the phone. You can capture some CapCut. footage and put together a video in CapCut. It's, it's free. It? It's called CapCut. It's a free app. Um, but okay. you can put together a video, like a 15-second or a 30-second video in less than 30 minutes and, and post it. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Like, I, I rarely put bring stuff to the computer anymore. It's like I film stuff on my phone, edit it, post it, all from the same platform, all from the same that's, that, that's what I used to do on the old chair. It was all iMovie. <laughs> oh, on the subject, um, I had a quick question because uh, I was talking about this the other day. Vertical or horizontal video? I'm I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> so I I typically will film. That's where my leading question was with you for content stuff. Is I typically will film everything in 4K wide, so that way mm -hmm. I and then just keep my uh, focus area limited. So that way, if I wanted to repurpose oh. it for YouTube, I could use it as B-roll. Um, gotcha. And so then because. It's hard if you've if you've got if you film it in in portrait mode for me if I film it in portrait mode I'm really kind of limiting out my opportunities because by the time you're you're zoomed in on whatever it is if you try to take it from portrait mode and make it landscape then whatever you're trying to focus on just becomes massive on the screen so I try to do 4K because 4K you can break it down to 1080 and and just take a section or a third of it. Um, so I try to think of like the rule of thirds. Um, if you're familiar with the rule of thirds is, you know, like basically uh, you, the, the eye is drawn to certain areas. If you were to draw like a tic-tac-toe mm -hmm. on the screen, um, your eye is going to be drawn to those areas um, that are those intersecting points on that tic-tac-toe. Um, so Joseph Mullins is a guy that I follow is I make TV on Instagram um, him and I talk a lot about uh, stuff. He was a presenter at, at maker, uh, at workbench con, and that's how we connected. And, um, so he's been kind of helping me out with, you know, some content, you know, just visually and how to do stuff. I've been following his stuff and, um, he was also one of the best classes there. So good. So good. Yeah. If, yeah, if it, you... it, it's tough for me to switch to the, to the whole vertical format. Cause I, I'm going to date myself cause I came back. Uh, from the day, or uh, was back in the day of editing on tape. So, oh yeah, it's it's, so, it's a tough habit to break. Joseph has this this shirt. It's uh, he was wearing it at Workbench Con, and um, oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. Do you remember what it was exactly, Trey? It he has a, a picture yeah, of a phone. Said, oh, this is this a phone. This is a camera. Yeah, and it's porch. And it's landscape. Yeah, and this is a phone. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I think he sells those. This on is a his, phone. This is a camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so to answer that question, yeah, I try to as much as I can. Now there's some things where I'm like, I know I'm never, never going to use this as B roll. Um, and I'm going to get the cleanest look by doing it in portrait. Um, so like for the, the videos, the video that I posted today and that I've got for the next couple of days uh, of the CNC stuff, um, I did that all in portrait cause I'm not going to use that for anything else, but, Instagram, TikTok, but Trey, we didn't get to you uh, just as far as like the work balance. I say work life balance. Cause that's, you know, coming from the corporate world, that's what we say work life balance. Um, that's really what it is. I think, right. Cause it's, well, it's, it's probably work, work life balance. <laughs> 
Because you're working two jobs. Yeah, so I'm in a little different situation than most of you guys. That's why I kept asking. Uh, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So they're very needy. Uh, and obviously when I'm home, I try to be as involved in everything I can. Mm-hmm. So I may not get out to the shop till 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I'm working until midnight, 1 o'clock, and then right back up at 6.30, getting ready for school and, you know, rolling all over again. And I work 50 hours a week, six days a week, every week. Like, that's just a lot. Don't get me wrong. But so it depends on my mood, on how I go about it. If I want a big job, uh, that's going to stretch out. But sometimes we all want that quick when that I can get done in a night or two. And that's where we were talking about the fiber laser. The cups really have made such a difference in my workflow because I can do those without having to focus on being out there a long time or being up really late. Like I can take those orders. I'm still getting the money in for the hobby job slash after hours thing. And that's just kind of where that, that goes. And you incorporate your kids a lot in your work, um, you know, and just in the projects that you do. I think they're a lot of them are geared toward kids. You, you know, you do the um, when your kids were younger, you did like the pickler, you know, things. Is that, that's what they're called, right? Pickler thing. Um, yeah. Or, or even like. So I really wanted to ask you about your electronics and stuff like that. I think I'm going to have to have you on for a, a, another podcast so we can specifically talk about the electronics and how you incorporate that in your build. Uh, cause I think that's, that's really exciting stuff that you do. Um, but like is a lot of the stuff, the content that you do cups excluded, right? Cause that's more, that's like a new thing. That's, that's something quick and you know, you can just get out there and crank it out. But some of the other projects that you do, I noticed like you, you just re showed your, um, uh, or did a throwback on your bookcase that you did for, for your daughter and stuff like that. So a lot of your content is geared, I think toward your kids yeah so I think a lot of and I think maybe a lot of us came from this is sort of a build out of necessity or a build out of want and that's where we kind of started so that's exactly how my hobby as a woodworker continued uh, or it has is continuing uh, step stools I started building those I made a few posted it and they blew up and I've sold probably over a hundred of you know the wow. three little counter step stools for kids yeah uh that kind of deal um and then the same thing goes for uh the pickler triangles and then that went over into like a pickler cube into a slide and i made it out of necessity for the kids as you can see we got actually this stuff behind us is is we sold it because they're outgrowing a lot of this stuff but uh it's yes to answer the question in a short form is everything i build is out of necessity or sort of for the kids whether it be the mermaid bookshelf that you're speaking of or i built my son a a giraffe bookshelf when he was young just small things like that that we could incorporate into our lives yeah and the electronic stuff that you uh do is that something that you just learned kind of growing growing up and, and doing that kind of stuff and then incorporating that in your builds. Cause I think your stuff is, is pretty unique. You know, a lot of us woodworker, you know, we just, we build things out of wood, right. And don't incorporate a lot of that, that electronic type stuff. So like the, the arcade game type thing, raspberry Pi, I think is the 
program, right? Like that's a thing, right? <laughs> to yeah. just make that up. Well, Ras Raspberry Pi is the actual board that you would program to actually function either your, your you know your controls or your monitor. So I like to think of things as being functional. So, granted, I'm not taking away from a piece of furniture or someone builds because that takes a lot of time, and I respect that more than anything because I can't do it. I shouldn't say can't do it. I just don't have the finesse that a lot of people have for a beautiful piece of furniture. So I like functional furniture, as in the Pac-Mans that you can play with or handle and hold. And that also comes down to the step stools. You can use those, uh, the bookshelves. Yes, they're furniture, but you're still functionally using it uh it goes on a long way is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah i think like so for me um i, I was doing built-ins and stuff that's i i i say that i do woodworking re in reverse most people started off with cutting boards and then end up doing built-in you know cabinetry and that type of thing um i did it the opposite way um i had never made a cutting board until probably two or three years into actually the business side of things. I was doing built-ins like that was my, and, and pun fully intended, that was my niche, right? <laughs> or niche, however you say it. And uh, so I was doing built-ins <clears throat> and then, um, and then I actually had some scraps and I was at one point I was like, well, I've never made a cutting board. I'll make a cutting board. Well, I shut that business down in 2017. We were going, talking about the, the work-life balance stuff me and my wife were like ships in the night and and we just could not sync up because i was always out in the shop and trying to get jobs done because i committed to a certain time frame and stuff like that so my side hustle began taking over and i had put it in a priority over my family which is a completely wrong way to do it and so in 2017 i recognized that and i shut down the business um and when I came back uh, in 2019, I was like, well, I could just do cutting boards, things I can do at home uh, that aren't going to pull me away from my family. Because, I mean, I was like every weekend doing installs or going picking up stuff from I had a finisher at the time. So I build stuff, drop it off at the finisher while he's finishing it. I was building the next project. And um, so I was either dropping stuff off, picking it up or installing it every weekend. And so I was just never home. And we had young kids. And um, so I was like, let me just get in the cutting board game. And I posted some stuff. And then it took off. And I, I put it on the website. And I started selling through through the website, you know, just random orders all over the world. And um, it, because I got the laser engraver and stuff like that. So now I'm trying to, like, get out of that. Because, you know, once you've made, like, probably six or 700 cutting boards, you're like, I never want to make another cutting board in my life. <laughs> and, um, you know, want to do something that challenges my creativity and get back into the, you know, the other stuff. But I have to be sensitive to, you know, I just did a, a big cabinet job um, and I was gone all day on a, on a Saturday. And so I have to balance it. So now what I tell my clients is, you know, uh, the, the whole good, cheap, fast thing. You probably heard it. You know, you can have good, cheap or fast. Um, I just tell them, Hey, you can have good, cheap or fast. You can only pick two, but guess what? Fast is not going to be one of them. <laughs> so, um, you know, I price myself, um, you know, probably lower than my competition in, in the area, not so much to where other, uh, woodworkers hate me. Um, I'm definitely not, I'm not the lowest guy. I'm not the highest guy. 
Um, and because I've asked people, Hey, where did I fall? You know, when they tell me, no, where did I fall? And, and I'm in the middle of the road, um, guy, but a lot of the times those jobs that I lose, it's the timing because people want it and they want it now. Um, so that's why I'm really interested in, in kind of hearing each one of your takes and how you kind of prioritize all that stuff. Um, I actually don't get out in the shop during the week. I shoot all of my content on, you know, Friday afternoons, Saturdays, and then Sundays. Um, and then I just try to like space it out. At first I was doing all my content. Um, and you know, early on in the Instagram video game, uh, it was all about like, how much can you fit into 60 seconds? (laughs) And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, every video was 60 seconds long and it was like a full build and all that kind of stuff. And then the algorithm drove people to, you know, their attention spans and everything else with COVID. I think people just didn't have the attention span. They had seven seconds, apparently, uh, where they can focus. And so now I just take that same video that I would have done a couple years ago in 60 seconds and I splice it out, you know, and I might have three or four videos uh, that I could just space out throughout the week. So I've learned how to balance that for me and my family. But I'm always interested in, in hearing other perspectives um, on how you balance that content side, because, I mean, that's kind of what we're all on a podcast tonight because, you know, hey, we want to get our face out here um, and share our ideas and learn from other people. Right. And that that's kind of well, definitely like Pete said, we, we got a lot of uh, repost. I mean, we have old content that our new followers haven't seen, so we still right. can generate uh, some of that, and I do the same a, a, a lot, especially here lately with vacations and this and going to Legoland. I know uh, stuff like that. Like it all kind of comes full circle that we have to right. repost, but we yeah. have to post daily, or we get shunned out from the Instagram gods. Like, oh yeah, it's just part of life. I mean, and I just kind of working with it. There, there's one thing I noticed with your guys' feeds, though, because you, you have like massive followings and everything, but I know I, I think the one big factor, at least that from my perspective, is that your engagement is so, uh, I guess, so involved as far as, you know, you, sh- you, you, you present your personalities and you, you, you know, you sh- basically show a slice of your life, like especially Trey, I've, you know, been trying to catch up on your feed with all, all, all your different things, but like, you, it's like living, living your life, watching your feed. And I think that's very engaging, you know, whereas I, you know, the way the approach I take is I just show my stuff, you know, I, and uh, I was mentioning this to, to Matt the other day, you know, I, I had rarely shown my face or anything. I would just you would either see my hands or you would see my work and that was it. And yeah. that was kind of that other post I had a few days ago was kind of a break, I think, because I, I, I never even thought of doing that. It was just, yeah, I think it's great. My, People want to connect. Warehouse. Yeah, I had my logo as my... um as my thumbnail or whatever you want to call it, my, my profile picture <laughs> or whatever, I had my logo and, you know, people associate that logo and stuff like that. But I think at one point when I changed to my face, I think I became more relatable to people. Um, I wasn't, I think so. I wasn't mm-hmm. a brand anymore as much as I was a person. And that's really what I want to be. I want to, I, and, and also, you know, just, things like this, right. Is, is connecting to the community because somebody will probably listen to this and they'll say, man, I really resonated with Rod and what he talked about. And I'd really like to know more about this so that maybe they'll start engaging with your content. And you know, the biggest thing is, is that engagement back, right? I think that's how Pete and I had, had connected. It was just like, if I, 
if I find myself commenting on, on Pete's videos, um, it's not that he would do it out of, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Not that he had to. Your stuff is cool, man. Your work is really cool. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. But it's it's not like, (laughs) so it's like, there's that reciprocity aspect to it, you know, where like, if somebody's engaging with my stuff all the time, um, I'm going to go check out their page. Um, I used to get really upset when I would follow somebody and they wouldn't follow me back. And the, the more I'm, I would say the more followers I have now, it's, it's Instagram isn't serving up as much of that smaller niche, smaller community that I used to like, I followed a few people here on the maker um, lounge podcast page and that's all the posts that I'm seeing right now, right? And the more people you follow, the the less you're going to start seeing their stuff. So I think just that engagement back and forth, um, it's it's like friends. The engagement that I like to see, and I'm I'm, a, I'm eleven thousand, not like you guys at fifty or a hundred. Uh, I like the the comment side because. People yeah. will like my stuff and they'll get lost in the likes and and I I can't follow that. Right. And I understand that they're following me and they may be liking my stuff, but I don't I don't see them or I don't notice these people. And it's not because I don't like you or I don't like your page. It's that if you comment, you're there. I see it. I need to reply to it or it's on my thing as a uh, priority. Um, the way that it you know is listed on your home screen kind of thing. Yeah, I think if that you're a like, a you're difference. one of a, you're one of a hundred or one of a, a thousand. If you're a like, but if yeah. you're a comment, you're one of a twenty, or you're one of a thirty or forty or a hundred, you know. And so your your chance of of having a, a meaningful conversation with somebody is greater. Exactly. Pete, can you give in more on this because I'm sure you see a lot more than us. So there's a there's a couple points, and a lot of this is my opinion. I don't I don't know if this is fact or not, but. The, we're we're going to take it as gospel. Yeah, don't take <laughs> it as gospel. Um, so the engagement, people who leave comments, and the fact that you're showing your face or you're talking about your life, that all of that engagement is really, really good for retention. Um, and it's also a little bit good for growth as well. But that retention keeps people coming back to your page. But there's a large percentage of people who, who are only going to see one or two posts from you over a period of time. And... You have to hook those people in as fast as possible because attention spans are really, really short. So the first second of your video is really important. So the people that you see like doing an introduction or say, hi, my name is so-and-so people have swiped. (laughs) They're they're not going to listen to you, but showing something cool right away. Oh yeah. Well, no, I mean on all the platforms now, like Facebook's trying to catch up to TikTok and Instagram. So they're, they're trying to get their reels going, but even on Instagram where there's more of a community, if, if you start off slow, like never, ever, ever start with a black screen. I see people do this all the time. They're fading in from black. People have scrolled, scrolled by already. Unless you hook them and say, Hey, look at this. This is cool. This is why I made this like really quickly. You're, you're not going to see a lot of growth. At least that's just my opinion. But in order, yeah. in order to keep people, you have to have that engagement in the comments. But I will say that a large portion of your audience will never comment. They will always like, 
But some people don't want engagement. Some people don't want to ask you a question. They appreciate your work and they want to look at your work mm -hmm. and they'll follow you. But I've had some people like follow me for, for the last two years, never ever left a comment. I have no idea who they are. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. they'll pop and say, Hey, I've been following you for a really long time and you make cool stuff. So, you know, thank you. And you're like, Oh, well, I, I didn't know you existed, but now I do. And you're awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for your, for your kind words. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a balance of, of a lot of different things, but, um, don't take your time, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, not like, so good. And I, and I find you, also that the um, that the logo outros and stuff, I used to do that all the time. I think that that is going away also, you know, where people put their logo and stuff. I think it's great for preventing other brands from ripping off your video, you know, because your logo is going to be at the end or whatever. Or God, don't, don't do it at the beginning of the video because if you – if every video starts with your logo, I'm just not going to watch your stuff. Um, no, and, and exactly like Pete was saying there, just you need to be that shock effect and then mm -hmm. roll into whatever you got so they can like follow into it. But I fall captioned to that. Hey, it's Trey uh, a lot, but yeah. No, I, I think that's good if you're quick about it. But some people want to give their whole resume at the beginning of videos, and people are not just going to wait for it. But one of my heroes on YouTube, one of the reasons why I started getting into social media, is DIY Builds. It's Brad at DIY Builds. Yeah. Check him out on YouTube. Fantastic content. He recently came out and said, hey, you know, I'm not, my account's not growing. I'm not getting the views like I used to. And I'm going to stop, you know, I might make a video once in a while, but I am going to shift over to doing more really quick one or two minute type content on YouTube. Yeah. Because I, I honestly have a feeling like everybody's transitioning over to really fast, really quick content. And, yeah. you know, doing a 20 minute video on YouTube, because attention spans are so short, they're just not going to sit through it anymore. Right. But the other thing behind that, and I don't do it as much at all. It, but a 20-minute YouTube video is hours. I mean, I'm talking like not only the production side of things, but the editing as well. We're talking like 10 hours for a 20-minute video to be to be a clean video. Yeah. And people don't get that, and I agree with the, the aspect. So if I can drop something down and put a two-minute YouTube video up, obviously I'm going to and get the same amount of reward back for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you're starting... If you look at YouTube videos now, like older ones, it's five or six minutes before they actually get to the meat of uh, yeah. why you're watching the video to begin with. Like you yeah. searched Google and you found somebody who's making an awesome table. It's literally six minutes before they show you how to build the awesome table. And right. I, personally, me, I can't. I get so frustrated when that happens. Now I'm immediately scrolling to to where the actual answer is to the question I'm looking for. Yeah, I think um, one thing I've, I've started to yeah. do on YouTube specifically is uh, that 30 seconds, they make that a metric for a reason in your in your YouTube uh, studio, that 30 seconds. In, and if you notice, I don't know if you guys watch YouTube on your TV at all, but if you hover over something, it'll give you that 30 seconds. And that is your, you have a 30, sometimes not even that long, you have that 10 seconds really to capture mm -hmm. the the heart of your content of what you're going to of what you're going to show them and um the video I just posted I had initially I was doing a whole thing I was going to talk about the the workbenches and how I came up with the concept and all that kind of stuff and I was editing it 
And I took the first two minutes that I was, you know, I was going to show B-roll and talk about it. I took all of the, the talking points out. Now, I don't have a ton of views on it, but um, that's just because that's where my channel is right now. Um, I think I have maybe two or 300 views on the YouTube video. Um, but so not great, but the retention metric is one of the best. And that's because the people who were watching it uh, decided to stay for the, for the past the 30 seconds. My retention is at 50% throughout pretty much the whole video. And that's because I, and I got right to it. I, I showed them th what they wanted to see, which was the epoxy pour, right? Everybody loves a good epoxy pour video. And I just showed portions of that. And so like, okay, I showed portions of that. I showed portions of cutting saw blades. I, I showed, you know, a little bit of everything in that first 30 seconds so they can know what they're going to get. And I think the same thing, like Pete, what you're talking about is I've also started to, to put that into my, um, into my Instagram content is show the end. And then, you know, maybe even if it's just one second, you just show that little end of what it's going to look like and they can go, okay, this is what I want to stay for. And then, you know, the next 10 or 15 or 30 seconds is leading back up to it. That also plays really well to me uh, for looping videos. Cause if you show the end and then you show the end again and they happen to be on the reels page, it might loop back around and they're like, Oh, let me see that again. Some of the best performing videos I've ever had on Instagram and TikTok and stuff are four second looping videos that yeah. are when you look at it and you're just like, what? It's like somebody, <laughs> you know, screwing in a bolt. Yeah. yeah. So then you watch it again just to make sure that you didn't. Yeah. Was that a watch repeat? the first yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because they, uh, they he's the Pete and repeat you on how guy. many times somebody's watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That, no. Those those looping ones are good, and especially if you're on the uh, the Instagram Reels bonus too. You know, that's people uh, are on these these Reels bonus things, and they're posting all of their controversial videos, uh, which is great. I think that's that's so funny. You know, it's like. It's using such a this, catch twenty two. Yeah, well, it's. The, I mean, I think reels, it's funny. But... Some of it's funny, you know, because you're like, Instagram's paying them, and now they're they're playing that that same old content because it performed really well. Um, there are just some where I'm like, I'm okay never seeing this again. So please don't post it. But <laughs> yeah, you know, those ones I just scroll past. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you didn't get enough of these guys, you can find uh, Pete on Instagram at Pete Squared 23. Trey is at handcrafted underscore by underscore Trey. Rod is at the Mountain Makers and I am at Voltner Woodworking. All of our links will be posted in the show notes. In this episode, we talked about content creation and defeating the algorithm, but we also mentioned Joseph Mullins from uh, on Instagram. He's at I Make TV. Uh, so I'm excited to have him on next week to talk more about content creation. We'll also uh, be talking about video, audio, uh, editing, and all of the things that will bring your content to the next level. It's another great episode, so you don't want to miss it. Please take a moment to give us a review of this podcast or send some ideas for future episodes by sending a DM to me on Instagram at Maker Lounge Podcast or send an email to MakerLoungePodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.